Buckle up, it's time for That's How I Roll with Jeremiah Isley, a podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. That's How I Roll is presented by Theology of Games. Visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming, news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to That's How I Roll. This is episode 56. And I'm your host, Jeremiah Isley. Thanks so much for joining us once again for the podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. Want to give you a quick introduction to the episode and show you where we're going. We're going to take a look at what's good in the neighborhood. I'm going to do a drive-by review of Professor Evil and the Citadel of Time. And I'll also swing by the corner of thought and conversation. And we're going to sort of jump on the feedback loop. You'll find out what I mean a little bit later on in the show, but I say we get rolling on this thing. Let's go. So what's good in the neighborhood? For folks that don't know, this is the part of the show where I kind of just give a day-to-day life update of gaming and life and things that are going on because This show is my self-therapy session every week. (laughs) So the big thing that's been happening over the last series of weeks and over three months now has been the fallout of the fire that we had in our home and the process of restoring our house so that we can move back home. I am very happy to announce that we are not, not just yet back in our house, but we are very close. Our... Our construction guy told me today, the day of recording this, which is uh, just about a day or so before you're going to hear this, the plan is, anyway, he's telling all of the, the people who are working, the subcontractors and so forth, that next Friday, that's right, next Friday is the day that they need to be done and out of there so that we can once again move back into our home. So it's very likely... Nah, maybe not next episode, but the one after that, I'll be recording once again from my own home in my own studio space, which would be just, just fantastic. There's just a few more things left to happen here. It's, it's all the finish work now with all the electricians and a little bit of plumbing and then carpeting goes down. So we're getting uh, really, really close and I'm very, very excited about this, as you may, may guess. This, this chapter of, of the summer of this year is quickly coming to a close, and I, I can't wait for it. And we're going to talk about what this next season be, brings uh, just a little bit later in the show. But until then, let's go ahead and slide on into this drive-by review. Whoa! Hey, everyone, look! It's time for another drive-by review. All right, so today's drive-by review is Professor Evil and the Citadel of Time. Professor Evil and the Citadel of Time was published by Fun Forge and White Goblin Games, but it's also being distributed by Passport Game Studio, and that's how I came upon it while at Gen Con. Big shout-out to Scott Morris for slipping me a copy of this during Gen Con when it was white-hot. The moment doors opened, there was a line starting to form and wrap around the Passport Game Studios 
booth as folks were just salivating and foaming at the mouths to try to get a hold of this thing. So the Professor Evil and the Citadel of Time, I'll just continue to call it Citadel of Time because it's just a lot to say. (laughs) It's a two to four player game. Takes about 30 to 45 minutes to play. That's what the box says. And that's what I found to be just about true. And this is a co-op game. So here's a real quick rundown of how this game plays. Like I said, it's a co-op game. So you're all going to be working together against, you guessed it, Professor Evil. He's stolen and placed in his mansion a bunch of different artifacts throughout time and history and maybe even the future. So these uh, these artifacts are in on display and you're going back in to rescue them. So only three of them at a time are gonna be visible on the board. And the board depicts his mansion with this really sweet big clock right in the middle. Each tile that you place in there that representing one of the treasures is gonna have a color token on it and then a corresponding spot token that goes on a spot on the clock. Now there's a black token on this on this clock too, and that's gonna march around as time goes on, as the game goes on. And as these, uh, these color tokens are hit by the clock, well, then the professor's gonna s- suspect something is up and he's gonna lock it away in his vault. If the players actually rescue four treasures, then the players win, but the professor wins if he gets to lock four treasures in his strong room or his vault. So it's a race to four between you, the players, and the professor. You're gonna have a set of cards for each player. Each player has a deck of cards that comes with them and they're all tuned just a little bit differently to a player's abilities, a character's abilities. And your player card also has an ability on the back that once uh, the, the clock moves around past a couple certain points on that on the dial then you guys get to choose the players choose amongst themselves who gets to flip over their card and use the special ability that they have now the game plays so fairly like uh like you would expect a co-op at the beginning of your turn you're going to draw two of your own cards and then you'll get to choose to use one of them uh, the second part of your turn is is just taking actions. You get to take three what they call regular actions, which are just move, unlock doors, flip switches, and rescue treasures. Now, what are these switches that I'm talking about? Well, this this mansion is protected by saws and cameras and trap doors and all kinds of crazy booby traps that are in all these rooms, and they are protecting these treasures. So each treasure is going to have a list of different uh, traps or switches that need to be all shut off before you can go into that room and rescue it. So once you take your actions, in the middle of that action taking phase, at any point you can decide to use one of the cards that you turned over and revealed from your own card set for that turn. Those cards give you extra actions or special actions that you can do on your turn, which is, again, it's tuned to each character. Once you've gone through your turn, the next thing is is you're gonna roll a set of dice. This is called the Professor Dice and the Color Dice. The Professor Die will uh, show you one of a few different things. There are some chevrons on there that are like little arrows. And that means the Professor is gonna walk through a certain number of doors. Each room has three doors, either red, blue, or green. If you roll 
two chevrons and blue, he's going to walk through two blue doors on that turn. Now, when he walks, he does some certain things. If there's an open door that was locked, he's going to close that door and say to himself, I thought that door was closed. He's going to flip switches. So if you've turned off a switch, he's going to turn it back on. And if anyone is in that room, if one of the characters is in that room, you have to jump out a window and make your way back into the mansion on your next turn. There's also a secret passage icon that'll come up that will uh, cause him to do things. There's also a clock face that will turn up. Now, if you, you roll a clock face, it's either a five or a 10, you have to move the corresponding color on the color die back that number of minutes. So if you roll like a blue five, you're gonna move that blue marker on the clock face back five minutes closer to the approaching black marker. And you will also roll, there is a, a clock die that will always be rolled and that will either move the clock time forward five or 10 minutes. So you take your turn, you do your actions. The professor takes his turn, does his actions. You resolve all of that. If that clock marker hits one of the tokens corresponding to a treasure, that treasure gets locked up and a new one is put out and you have to start working on trying to save that one. This game is actually pretty tough. It's, it's a co-op game that is not just a walkthrough. With any co-op game, there's, there's obviously some housekeeping and you have to make sure that you go through all the steps on every turn with all of the players and make sure that the professor's doing all the things that he does, closing the doors, locking them, flipping switches, etc., etc. Here's what I thought about it. I really, I really liked it. The clock mechanism is fun, it's thematic, it's super visual, so you know, oh my gosh, time is running out. I'm going to lose this artifact. It's going to get locked away. And so there's there's really great, great visual tension that is super thematic and really, really fun with it. It, it gives you that whole sense of, oh, I got to duck around this corner because the professor's in the next room. Man, I hope he doesn't come this way. Oh, please don't let him come this way. And then you roll the dice. Sometimes he doesn't, he walks the other way. Sometimes he does walk into your room and you're like, no, and you gotta duck out the window. And so it's just really fun. There's there's all these really great moments of, oh no, time's running out, time's running out. I gotta buy more time. I get, we gotta figure something out. And there's all these tense moments of which way is the professor going? What's he gonna do? It get, it's, like, it's like a movie, you know, like one of these sneak movies where you're trying to like sneak through a house and, not get caught you know there's like all these classic moments where like the the villain turns the opposite way and doesn't find the hero and so it's very very much like that which is really really fun i played it with my boys they loved it they really love co-op games anyway so when i came home from gen con with a co-op game they were all about it and then we played it and they loved it so it's good for families co-op games lend themselves to be good family games because of the working together kind of nature. There's no take that or anything like that. We all win or lose together. And this is no different. There's really fun moments in it. And it's great for families. It's just another nice spin, a nice twist on a co-op game. And uh, like I said, that, that clock mechanism and the mansion on the board looks great. Everything about this game is really, really well done. The artwork, 
super stylized and thematic and just gorgeous to look at. I just, man, I really, I really enjoyed it. It's, it's a game that is just the right length. So you're not like, oh man, we, oh, we need another turn and there's going to be like five more turns. So I think we'll be okay. Like it moves pretty quick and you have to make the right decisions at the right time or else you're going to get steamrolled in this thing. And the professor's just going to come along and, and lock up all his artifacts and you're done. So everything works really well. Great components, great tiles and cards. Everything is just, it, just a solid, solid game. This one's really, really well done. So again, this one has earned a spot in my collection. It'll be on my shelf. So there it is, highly recommended. I, I really think you would, if you're into co-op games especially, you're gonna love this one. So check it out, Professor Evil and the Citadel of Time. Welcome to the corner of thought and conversation. Which way will you turn? Why not hang a right and join in on the conversation by tweeting at Theology of Games or sending an email to theologyofgames at gmail.com. Okay, it's time to head around here and take, take a look at the corner of thought and conversation. First of all, let's rename this segment. I, it's the clunkiest name for a segment. Let's there's, there's something I'm just going to throw out there. Let's rename it. You guys tell me, what should I call this segment? It's the place where I ask you two legit questions. One about life and one about games, because this is the podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. So first off, the question about gaming. Tell me what co-op game is your favorite. What, is, what co-op games are you playing? I'm always, like I said, my boys love co-op games, so I'm always up for a co-op game one of my favorite games of all time is a co-op game and that's lord of the rings the living card game from fantasy flight it's it's like top five of, of all time in all my games i love it i've played it so many times it's such a great great game and it's a little little too meaty still for me to play with my boys they're they're just about the age where it's going to be uh, a good for them and they'll be able to really grasp it all. But man, is it so fun, and I love it. And if you think about it, really, one of the biggest games ever that people still play hardcore today and has always been one of the top games in the industry is a co-op game, in a way, and that's Dungeons & Dragons, right? So D&D is... It's asymmetrical because you do have a DM running the game and playing against you. But for the most part, it's a co-op game. There's a there's a party going on a campaign and they are trying to beat the game. There just happens to be somebody running that game. So I consider it yeah, it's maybe it's asymmetrical, but it's pretty darn close to a co-op game. So tell me, what are your favorite co-op games? Or do you not like co-op games? Let me know what you think about co-op. And I'm going to see how many more times I can say co-op in this segment. So let me know about that and share your thoughts with me. And I'm going to ask you about the game of life. No, not really. But my legit question for life is, it's a lighthearted one, but fall is here. We talked about this over on the Theology of Games podcast and our lightning round. 
But fall is here. I love fall. It's probably one of my favorite seasons of the year. And I want to know what's your favorite thing about fall. I've got a couple things I'll share with you. One is Megasaurus. Megasaurus is a giant robotic car-eating dinosaur that shows up at a pumpkin patch near our house. Well, not near our house, but in our area. And they have these cool events and we go out, you take a hayride, you get to go pick a pumpkin out of the patch and you get to play on all the cool fun things that they have at this farm. And then Megasaurus shows up and literally, I forgot the fire breathing part too. He breathes fire and he destroys cars and rips them in half and chews them up. And it's so cool. It's so cheesy, but it's a lot of fun. We really, really enjoy it. I also enjoy football season, even though I am a Cleveland Browns fan we just won't go there. But my oldest, Xavier, he's been on the show before. He's playing football for the first time this year. And the Talmadge Blue Devils are 5-1. and one, And he's doing really, really well for his first year playing. And uh, they're playing this week for the number one seed going into the playoffs. So let's go, Talmadge. And of course, I love the fact that my birthday is in the fall. It's coming up here at the end of October. And, uh, I, you know, I, I'm not one of those people like, Oh, I'm older now. and I'm, It's stupid to have a birthday. Like, you know what? Darn it. I made it another year. I'm going to celebrate it. Let's have some fun. So there it is. Those are my things I love about fall. Let me know. And I'm going to tell you how in just a second here. Ready? Here we go. It's time for the feedback loop. Get in on the conversation by tweeting the show at Theology of Games or emailing theologyofgames at gmail.com. Okay, so I've been playing around with the feedback loop. And last episode, I said, hey, go to the feedback loop on Anchor FM. And I was trying to get a feel for how Anchor FM worked. It's the Anchor app. And what we've done is we've actually consolidated our efforts on Anchor into board games fm so you'll hear myself there you'll hear uh, scott firestone who is the other half of theology of games you'll hear him there you'll hear my buddy aj skifstad who's contributing a lot to anchor right now and he is also on board games fm as well as josh seaposts who is a part of that team as well so we're consolidating all of that there i'll i'll just point you that direction go to board games fm on the anchor app you can, I'll put a little segment there about this episode. You can comment on that. You can use the call-in feature, which is super awesome. You can call in and you can respond to these questions uh, in the app. And if it's great, then, hey, I'll put it on the show. I'll put it up on Anchor. And it's this cool interactive way that we can talk to each other through social media, like literally talk to each other. So do that, and I will look for you guys to sound off there tell me what co-op games you love and what you love about the fall and with that i'm going to wrap up this episode thanks so much for tuning in i really really appreciate it we have been just it's been crazy it's 56 episodes in i'm having a blast with this show if you love it please just share a link tell your friends about it post it somewhere that you think folks might be interested in hearing a show like this Even better yet, whatever format you're listening on, whether it's iTunes or Google or Stitcher or TuneIn, if you rate it, rate it high, give it a review, subscribe, all of those things help help this show to get found 
and helps me continue to do it. So I really appreciate that. As always, you can find us at TheologyOfGames.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram at TheologyOfGames, Facebook.com slash TheologyOfGames. And you can email, if you'd rather just contribute to the show that way, by emailing at TheologyOfGames at gmail.com. I think I've covered everything. Thanks so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Thanks again. I'm Jeremiah Isley, and that's how I roll. Thanks for rolling with us today. That's How I Roll is produced by Jeremiah Isley and brought to you by Theology of Games. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and drive safe.